Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, it's the Cop Podcast. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Give me that little smile. So I'm happy. Back, welcome back to the Cop Podcast. I'm Mick Moran, joined as usual by... And that's they called you Jay again. Matt Ramirez. Yeah, and we've also got Tim Farber as well as on the um, preview pod. And we're also happy to be joined by Spurs fan uh, from Rivalry Aside TV, Luke David. Nice one for joining us, Luke. No problem. Thanks for having me. No, I appreciate you coming on. Obviously, that's um, it's never easy when you can see it so late like that. But great game. But, but before, before we dive into it, obviously, me, me Matt and Tim, done um, we've we done a little um, a pod be, be, before about a little preview. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on... Um, how you felt before the game, like in terms of the lineup, um, four four. It looked like a four four two with Sissoko and Bergvine on in the wide areas. Were you surprised by Mourinho's approach to, to the game? Uh, a, li- a little bit. We spoke in a kind of preview pod that we did, and I mentioned to one of the Liverpool guys we had on that I thought that Ben Davis would play left back. I just yeah. feel like Mourinho feels he's more of a solid left back in terms of defensive options rather than um, Reguillon gets forward a lot more. So I was a little bit surprised about the absence of Endon Bele and that he went for Giovanni Lo Celso instead. Uh, yeah, he seemed to play like a 4-4-1-1 with Kane slotting back and Son playing more as the kind of central striker to be able to... What they wanted to do was to do what they did for the Spurs goal and, and hit you kind of on the counter-attack a little bit from there. But I wasn't too surprised about... The, the lineup in general, yeah, because I know we touched on it before, didn't we? Math like seeing Ndombele and Regulon on the bench, it maybe wasn't a surprise because we expected from Mourinho he's going to obviously be a bit more cagey in a, in, in, a, in a game against a bigger team. But, um, yeah, that we we were happy with that the lineup, weren't we? In terms of we knew we'd be able to get at them with, with that lineup, obviously, we weren't sure if it was going to be a 4 2 2 4 4 2 or not, but that's what that's what it turned out to be pretty much all the game, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
I apologize to Luke before before we started. You weren't here, but I was doing the match report. I couldn't celebrate, so I'm going to celebrate now. See, si, senor. <laughs> nah. um, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was surprising seeing those two on the bench, but I could understand Reggie on because you feel like Davis gives you a bit more defensive solidity. With Ndombele, I, I was shocked, but then Celso goes ahead and sets up the goal, so it kind of went to it went it kind of all went to plan for Mourinho in, in, the, in the sense that we didn't win it until the 90th minute, so he almost got them over a line. He did stifle Liverpool for for, for for 90 minutes, where we couldn't finish. They were holding us back. Mourinho, although making very comfortable saves a lot of the time, he did pull off a couple couple good ones. So it, it was just a little bit of, of brilliance from Bobby that that won us the game and. You have to say that for the most part, Marina's plan worked. Yeah, and we'll, let, let's dive into it then. Obviously, we've just touched on like lineups and whatever, and it's kind of after we've seen the lineups, we kind of expect it to be like a typical Mourinho approach and us to have most of the ball and counter attack, and that's obviously ultimately how Spurs' equaliser came. But like 20 minutes in, like after Tim, especially after we started, like 100 miles an hour, it's a great chance on 20 minutes for. Um, for Salah, a uh, great ball through by Hendo. Robbo cuts it back, and then Salah kind of scuffs it straight down the middle. And I think we've, I think, did you say before we started recording, Matt, there was a few of them where they was just kind of scuffing our shots. And if like Salah and Mane, obviously they were both really lively on the night, but just didn't really have the shooting boots on. I think we could have had a couple more earlier, couldn't we, Tim? Uh, yeah, I think that's probably the story of the game. Um, for the amount of attacking quality that both both sides fielded today, the finishing on both sides was poor. You know, Bergwijn hitting the post, Harry Kane, you know, missing that wide open header. You know, Mo Salah and, and Sadio Mane scuffing or, or sending shots right down the middle at Lloris. Um, I think if there's one story to the game, it's it's missed opportunities, and it came down to to the last real opportunity of the game where. You know, Firmino just, you know, it's a wonderful header and it's, it's a good goal. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, you can't, it was Mourinho's plan worked, worked a treat. I think Klopp's did as well because I think we we got the opportunities we, we needed to score. We just didn't put them away till the very last one. Yeah, and then obviously, like, not long after that chance, Salah gets the, the first goal at 26 minutes. It was obviously hugely, hugely lucky. And I know Luke will agree with that, like a huge slice of luck in, in, in that goal. But I think that first 25 minutes, that, that was kind of warranted after our pressure, wasn't it, Matt? I think because we were so so dominant. I know we were for the whole game, but that tw- first 25 minutes, we had a few chances to score. And I think that was maybe the break we needed, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you're always going to need a bit of luck, um, especially with, uh, with how poor we did look in front of goal in terms of the, the, the final ball. Uh, by that I mean by the, the shooting, you know, um, everything seemed to just go to Lloris and uh, even that style effort with the goal, uh, with the goal, his initial shot looks like it is going nowhere until it cannons off on the viral and then just loops yeah. over him. Um, look, that's uh, you need a bit of luck. Villa got three deflected goals against us earlier in the season. I think we were due a deflected goal. Sure. So it, it, it's one of those things that happened. I'm sure that. Loads of deflected goals. A few more will happen against us this season. It's just one of those things that you can't really defend against because Lloris isn't expecting it. It takes him completely out of the game, out of the equation, and that could have very easily hit the crossbar or gone out. So we're just fortunate. 
Yeah, it reminds me of at the time it went in. It reminds me of Peter Crouch's first goal for Liverpool, where he went about three hundred games without scoring, and he scores one against Wigan. It's just like just <laughs> so lucky. But I think it was. I think it was deserved. And we'll we'll jump straight to obviously uh, Spurs equaliser. Then lose. Obviously, we had a, we had a chance with Jones just be, just in between those two goals where Jones cuts in from the left and probably should do better with a shot. But then. I think they were showing a replay of one of the other chances we had, and then next minute Son's on the left edge of the penalty yeah. area, and then it's, he's slotting it, <laughs> and you're just hoping and praying it's offside. Obviously, from a Liverpool perspective, but that's that's why Spurs are so good on it. And counter attack wise, that's you can just cut you open in a blink of an eye, and that's why you use a you use that art where you are in the table. Yeah, and that's I think why Son played a lot higher up the field for that exact reason. You know, Harry Kane is much better dropping back now I feel and Son's got a lot more pace yeah the TV cameras really didn't capture it very well did they because it's same no. on Amazon you know it was just next thing you know he's at the edge of the box it was honestly probably one of the tightest offsides if they'd have gone back to the original crazy lines that they end up drawing for the next five minutes they'd have probably found it offside by a toenail but I feel in the sense of in a footballing sense it was probably um, just about right but yeah, it was a good finish. Gave the keeper the eyes. But uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that just able to just cut you cut anybody open quite quite quickly. Yeah, and I think I liked it in the sense that it was a goal, and he checked it for maybe thirty seconds, and then just got on with it. I, I hate this mm. whole three minutes plus, like the Fabinho tackle in, in, in the last game, where everything slows down, and the Mane one against. Everton, where it's like it seems taken an age, like they should be like have like a, maybe a cap on it, how long they can look at it, and if you can't find an absolute gap or you can see it's obvious, then they should just get on with the game. So I'm, yeah, it's, even if it's against you or for you, you just want the game to carry on, don't you? So that's that. I want yeah, hundred percent. Just get on with the game. So obviously that that was um, towards the end of the hour, thirty-two minutes, and then. Like then, seemingly the, the half ended. Like it seemed like a very quick half to me. It was just it was gone before it started. And I look at I looked at the stats at half time. We had seven shots on target, eighty percent possession. And I I've wrote here. I mean, we need to make make our chances and possession count. Some good moves. And obviously, I didn't know we were going to score a 90th minute winner, which you can't really legislate for. And we we the pressure told eventually. But um, second half comes around and then. 50 seconds into it, uh, Bergvine, what a chance that is. Like, he's through, hits the post. Like, he's, he's got a score there, hasn't he, Luke? Yeah, 100%. I think what Mourinho did at half time was he then went to his standard um, for narrow with a narrow three and three white uh, three players up front. And yeah. Bergwine switched over to the, the kind of left side in that move. And, uh, yeah, he, he got through. He got through just before where he scuffed a shot where he held off Alexander Arnold as well. But yeah, he's got to finish there really. As a as a striker in a team the way that Spurs play, if you're gonna play defend, defend, counterattack in the one or two shots that you do get, you you've got to finish them. Yeah, and I think I'm getting mistaken actually, because I think the chance where it's the post is a bit a bit after that. But he's yeah. he's had yeah. he's had two good chances there, hasn't he? Like to, to score. Yeah. I think it was on sixty two, he hits the post. And then from the following corner, following corner, Harry Kane should score should score as well. And you just like are ah, the stars aligning the Liverpool's favourite to, to get a late late winner. And that's the way it was. That's the way it was. Unfortunately for you, Luke. Uh, yeah, there was a few more good chances. Mane hits the bar, and like 
one thing I want to touch on is like Mane was absolutely electric tonight. I know like that battle with um Aurier was just was fascinating to watch, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, I mean I I still think he's not at the races completely. Um this was one of his better performances, but I still don't think Mane is where Mane has been for the last few years. I think he's still getting that little he's he's getting there. Um, he's definitely better than he has in the past. I just want to touch quickly on the on the Bergvine chance. Um, obviously, I'm I'm glad that it didn't go in, just for the fact that it didn't go in. But also the the first one it was a Reese Williams mistake, and I thought that would have yeah. been really cruel on the kid because I genuinely think he was imperious the first half. Like, I don't think he went a foot wrong. And, and the, the point that Tim made and the build up about Williams being in for possibly his on the ball play that. I could see that during the match because on yeah. the ball, he would bring it down even with players around him very calmly. And he doesn't look like a teenager, the confidence that he has on the ball. Um, so that, that was that was evident, yeah. What what were your thoughts on Reese Williams, Luke? I know obviously you won't have seen him much, but you've seen him tonight. What did, what did you make of his, his performance? Yeah, I think he was fantastic. Apart from, as you say, the, the kind of mistake where it comes off his head, doesn't it? Um, yeah. It's a mistimed header. And uh, yeah, I thought he was very solid. You know, got a rate as everybody does. You have to rate um, Fabinho as a centre back. He was just on fire again um, tonight, just getting stuck into challenges left, right, and centre. And he's not the kind of player that holds back on a challenge either. So he wins the ball, you know, rather than kind of letting a ricochet or anything like that. So no, I think I think both your centre backs were very good today. Yeah, and then obviously, like we said, Mane hits the bar seventy three. That was like Matt said, he wasn't. It's not the the money we know and love in terms of goal scoring, but in terms of effort and willing to show for the ball and just pure speed and like if he like we 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 face Mane when he played for Southampton and he just frightens the shit out of you like because he's he's just that quick and he's just that agile and you just can't defend against him when he's in that type of mood. So it, it was unlucky that he didn't cap that performance off with a goal because he's it feels like he hasn't scored for a while. So I think once he gets one, that'll be that'll be the floodgates for him, won't it? But. Um, yeah, 76 minutes, Bergvine goes off for Reggion. Uh, Luke, do you think that was Mourinho thinking, right, let's shut up shop here with 15 minutes to go? Yeah, a little bit. Sometimes he moves Ben Davis to left-sided centre-back. And so it was a kind of a combination between that and also, I think, late on for his pace to try and hopefully uh, beat some tired legs and act yeah. as a def- you know uh, wing-back, effectively. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it was a... Uh, Mourinho move to try and shut up shop, take a point, and stay top of the league. Yeah, and I, I mean, like it's it, it nearly worked to perfection. Like that, that's <laughs> he, he, that's why he is like the pedigree he's got is because he, he is great at managing teams and the, the setup he has. Obviously, like it reminds me, obviously, of the way we used to play under Rafa Benitez. That's like so good pressure, counter attack, nick a goal. And get the wins on the board, and I think it's it's because it's so contrasting to a year in Klopp style that we're now accustomed to. That it seems a bit, I don't know, like I don't want to call it anti-football because it gets results. But when you've when you've experienced Jurgen Klopp and like the way we play footy, and you've seen that tonight, like just knocking the ball around and just beautiful football. I don't know if it's is it is it hard to watch Luke from your perspective that type of footy. Yeah, from my perspective, it is because obviously I like football, right? But as a Spurs fan, as someone who hasn't won anything in such a long time, if this man can win us any yeah. kind of trophy, does it really matter? You know, at the end of the day, 
if you play incredible football and lose football games, you would still dislike the manager because you're losing games. So I don't think you'd ever please, unless you're playing this kind of style style of football that Klopp plays. You you couldn't please everybody in that sense. But I can't complain at this season so far. How can any Spurs fan complain of the style of football? Yes, it's dull. Yes, it's tough to watch sometimes. But are we winning games? Yeah. So. Well, yeah, that's 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 the thing. And like you said, we we won a pretty much won a Champions League in two thousand two thousand five by by employing those same tactics pretty much the whole way through. So it, it does work if you've got the right manager in charge. And obviously, you've made some good signings like Hoiberg uh, as well, who's got had a bit of a steal in midfield as well. So it's you can definitely be up there for me. Obviously, he's, he's approved that thus far, and I think he's can he's can continue to do that. I think it's just tonight. We've just got finally the rub of the green in the in the final minute, and I'll come to you, Tim, on this one. Obviously, ninetieth minute uh, corner seems like the ocean's open, and Bobby Firmino's head just plants on it, and it flies top corner. What we what were your immediate thoughts on that goes in? Were you thinking of a VAR like I was? Um, well, well, honestly, it wasn't my first thought because on on initial kind of. From a corner, you don't really expect much from VAR. I didn't really see initially. I didn't see Dyer go down. Um, there were there were t- there were talks of potentially. You know, I think a lot of the Tottenham players, you know, ran at the ref after the game and, and complained about. You know, there was there was a foul foul on Dyer uh, or Dyer, sorry. Um, and um, so I, my initial thought was, thank God for that. We've finally put one in the back of the net. And then you know, it was about five ten seconds of jumping around, and then I thought. VAR is is it is it gonna cut? It's just it's typical Liverpool at this point of the year. Is it gonna get taken away from us? And you know it, it went through the check very very quickly. And uh, yeah, just a, just a massive relief. I mean, yeah, <laughs> to say, to say the least. Yeah, I, I think for me that capped off like that for me is the best I've seen Bobby Firmino play in a long time. I know like he's had a load of grief this year for not being the same Bobby dropped into the into the holes and linking up play like he does so well and producing magic day in, uh, week in, week out. And I think tonight it, it looked like the, the the Bobby Firmino we know and love, didn't it, Matt? Wait, my love of Firmino needs, uh, needs no explanation. <laughs> uh, I think he's brilliant. I love him. Everything about him, just the, the, the way he works, his ability on the ball, when he scores on the, on the few occasions that he does. Um, they're just... He doesn't score a normal goal, does he? <laughs> he just he always finds the top corner at the most important moments as well. But just I can't get enough of him, and I'm glad that people are getting off his back. I said he was going to score. I know I say it every week, but I got it right this week. Um, Did you? Yeah, it was just I said uh, Reese Williams would score as well. I got that one wrong. Um, Initially, actually, I thought it was Reese Williams because Williams was next to him, and I was I jumped up going Reese Williams, and then I saw Firmino running away. I was like, "Fuck it, doesn't matter." <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no, I love it, and the, and the header was was it was a bullet. I mean, no one's stopping that. So um, yeah, buzzing for him. Hopefully, uh, this kicks on a bit of a goal scoring run for him as well. And I love the celebration running the length of the pitch to go to go to the cop as well. That was good. Yeah, that was a bit added by all against the. Absolute shit housery for winning the toss and making the sides a team yeah. spot. Yeah, well, we've we've mind game from minute one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a comment here from from uh, 
Dan Moxon, Jose Mourinho just said he told Klopp the full family the best team lost. Do you agree with him, Luke? No, of course, of course not. <laughs> That's a ridiculous question, isn't it? Um, <laughs> look, as you say, the shithousery of Jose Mourinho has gone on for a long, long time. You know, they both had a bit of a spat at one another prior to the game, didn't they? You know, basically Klopp effectively saying Spurs play anti-football and then Mourinho saying, well, you haven't got any injuries because then he named off like your whole 11. Uh, It's just one of those things, isn't it? No, like, of course, the better team won. Spurs switched off for one minute. And again, any other team you look at 90th minute and you think, we'll see out a draw in this game. We'll stay top of the league. But... Sitting sitting here, you can you can never, especially playing Liverpool, watch Liverpool for so long. Look back at the game a few seasons back when there was what three goals in the last few minutes, wasn't there? When it was at Wembley, Spurs Liverpool. It just you can never say never against Liverpool. So uh, no, the bet the better team won. Yeah, and I love that whole obviously Mourinho's it's just Ronaldo, isn't it? But like I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't change him. Like it's just he's annoying as fuck, but it's kinda like I like it as well in, in the same breath because it's just it's a bit of entertainment, isn't it? But in I terms hated, of, I hated Mourinho. I hated Mourinho until I watched the 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 the, the, the all or nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that, but I love him. <laughs> it's just it's just a different different insight into into. I could always respect him as a manager, and I always thought he was brilliant. But I hated him as a person, and I just. I love the the behind the scenes Mourinho that you see in that. So I'm all for him, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, the one thing that doesn't surprise me about Mourinho is that he only lasts three seasons at clubs for ex- for exactly the reason that we're talking about. You know, I, I I love the fact that he's a snidey bastard and he's ready to go at anyone and all this kind of stuff, and he prepares everyone for a war and all that kind of. I love that. I love that about him, but. The matter of fact is, as as you've just said, you know, it's not great football to watch. So once teams kind of figure out how to play against that, or I mean, since Chelsea and Real Madrid, he's not really had the quality of player to consistently be able to do that over a number of years. And that's why he, this, this Jose Mourinho three-year rule comes in, because by the third year, if he hasn't got the back end of the club, you know, he's not been able to put the, the, the quality of player behind his or in his back line. And um, you know, as as a fan, you you if it's if it's getting your results, you're fine with it. But as soon as stuff starts going south and and you start losing games, you want him out because you actually want to start watching football again on a week to week basis. So yeah, I, it's he, everyone love and hates him. You know, you got you got to respect him either way. You know, he's he's one of the greats, and uh, yeah, he almost pulled off another masterclass this evening. So. Yeah, and I think it's like Luke said, if you if you get a nose results, then you can kind of just go, well, I don't care about our playing because if we're getting three points every week, then does it really matter? But like I, I I've just thought he, he remind it's like if you can compare him to a player, I'd compare him to Luis Suarez in terms of when he's on when he's your on your team, you love him, but when he's against you, he's an absolute knobhead and you hate him. That's not <laughs> the best analogy I've ever heard. I think. Yeah, because that's exactly that's right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's like just looking at the table now that that puts us three points above Spurs. So we're on twenty eight, uh, Spurs twenty five, Southampton twenty four. This season's just crazy. Huh? Leicester twenty four, Everton twenty three. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> and then Chelsea twenty two. So it's like six points there between first and sixth. It's just 
and with the games coming like thick and fast, Matt, it's just there's gonna you, you can expect loads of changes there in terms of teams dropping up and dropping back down again. Oh yeah, hundred percent. This is gonna be this season's not gonna be wrapped. Whoever wins the league, it's gonna it's, gonna, it's not gonna be wrapped up anytime soon. Uh, it's not gonna be like last season that there's gonna be a massive gap. There's gonna be a few changes at the top. Like we're not gonna go on a on on a, on a massive winning streak until the end of the season. Like we'll drop points. Spurs will go top again. I reckon Southampton will go top at one point as well if they carry on playing the way they are. Uh, Arsenal might get relegated too. Let's mention that just to, to to see a smile on Luke's face as well because that's looking quite likely at the moment, all things considered. Um, caught the back end of that match and they were defending for their lives as well. So um, it's just, it's a crazy season, but it's entertaining as hell because it's been ages since we've had a Premier League as unpredictable as this one because City have dominated for years then all of a sudden Liverpool got into the picture and it's been a two-horse race for three years and now everyone thought it would be Liverpool and City at it again then City fell off everyone thought it would be Liverpool at it again and now it's just there's, there's six teams within six points of each other it's just from a Liverpool perspective it's it, it's nervy because you want us to be clear um, by a mile but for, for like just for anyone else watching it, it, it's good to see that it's not crystal clear. It, we're not a, it's not a joke league. It's not league earned. It's not the Bundesliga. Like there's, there's, a, there's competition here. It's good to see. Isn't that called like league, uh, league on Uber Eats or some shit now as well? Oh yeah, That's Uber Eats. Another, another, another level. <laughs> First game of the season as well. What was that? Sorry, I missed that. I think they had the match ball delivered by an Uber Eats driver as well. <laughs> Fuck off, really. <laughs> well, that, that's Let's... just that took that to another level, and it fuck me. That's terrible. Jesus Christ! But yeah, like you said, uh, so Chelsea have lost the last two. Only they lost against Everton, and then they lost against Wolves. City have, have they drew two in a row? Where they drew against West Brom? Two in a row, yeah. Drew, yeah against United, the time that died, that died. Yeah, shocking. That, that just proves like the way the season's going. I mean, like we're 13 games in, there's still loads to play, but it's um, it's it's a very unpredictable, isn't it, Luke? Like, and I know it's looking good for you guys. Obviously, you just want to get at least be top four this season. Is that is that the main aim for you in terms of a fan watching Spurs this season? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that top four finish would be ideal. Hopefully, get some success in one of the cup competitions. And uh, and try and push on from there. Luckily for Spurs, we've now got rid of our difficult run of games. You know, we played United earlier on, Arsenal, City, uh, Chelsea, and now Liverpool, all in the space of kind of six weeks. So, you know, we're now looking, we've got Leicester, Stoke in the Cup, Wolves, Fulham, and then Leeds. So you'd hope that there's a few more three points in there to just hope push on. It's, you know, after we get past the Christmas period, that's when the real time starts. I may be different to a lot of Spurs fans, but right now I'm not thinking of winning the league. I'm thinking, let's just keep this run going. Let's see if we can you know, win the Carabao Cup, win the Europa League, whatever we're in, and, uh, and move on from there. But you, mentioned, you just mentioned the Europa League, Luke. I just want to ask you something, because I've always said that I'd rather Liverpool be completely out of Europe um, than be in the Europa League, because it's such a taxing campaign to be. You know, Thursday night, then the weekend as well. And I think there's an extra round in the Champions League. Yeah. You, do you want to see Tottenham fight on two fronts or do you think that the Europa League could, could hamper your, your domestic campaign? There is a tricky one. Before we were in it, I would say 
I would rather be in the Champions League or nothing. Yeah. But I think in terms of what they're trying to do, which is try and have effectively two separate squads as best they can and to try and play separate squads in the separate competitions. Right now, when you haven't won anything in a long time, realistically, the hunger is to win anything. And if our best shot happens to be that, the Europa League shit at the best of times, right? The third place Champions League teams just drop down automatically into it. And then it suddenly becomes a lot harder. It's just a bizarre competition. I think it, it it's good for the, the minnows as such, but if we win something, I'd be happy. So yeah. it's a tough one. Yeah, but like like Ben says there, like with one thing we learned tonight, regardless of us winning, Spurs are a serious unit. I think that's I think you can obviously look it's disappointing when you lose in the ninetieth minute, like it's absolutely heartbreaking, but you kept us out for that long and it, Mourinho's starting to prove the doubt is wrong. That he, like when I look I looked at a podcast that I did the start of the season, like in terms of who's gonna finish top four, I had Spurs nowhere near that. So the fact that not well, I underestimated that Mourinho could do it at a big club, and he, he's doing that and proving that. Um, are, are you happy that you're starting to show that you've got that metal now in terms of like grinding out results? Yeah, hundred percent. It was honestly sacking Poch and hiring Mourinho was probably one of the most difficult things because at that time, Poch wasn't doing that badly. You know, look yeah. at where Arsenal are now in the league. We were a lot higher than that. And uh, and he was out the door. But I think the opportunity arose where by they thought that if they don't take Mourinho now, they wouldn't get him. And so, yeah, he just brings, as you say, what, watching that documentary just shows, doesn't it? He wants everybody to, everybody just seemed too nice, didn't they, at Spurs? Everybody just seemed like they were just all friends and pals. At the end of the day, if you're going to win leagues and you're going to win titles, you have to be ruthless. And yeah, that's definitely what he brings. Yeah, I'm just looking now. Who, who, have, you, who have Spurs got next, did you say? In the Leicester. 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 Leicester and then... Yeah, then Stoke, Wolves, Fulham and Leeds. Yeah, so I mean, Leicester are the good team, aren't they? But like, yeah. we, we beat them in Everton and beat them tonight as well. 2-0, I watched the first half yeah. of that game. I mean, you can de- you can definitely beat them in terms of Liverpool. We've got we've got Palace on Saturday away, and then we're up against uh, Sam uh, Sam Allardyce on twenty uh, seventh. That's he's destined to ruin our Christmas there, isn't he? A New Year, Sam Allardyce. <laughs> that was an absolute joke, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, I don't know, mate. Thoughts on thoughts on that match? Do you reckon he's do you reckon the fat man's going to ruin it for us? I'll, I'll, let, I'll let him answer that one because um, ah, Sam Allardyce actually, you know what? I actually rate him in terms of uh, of, of saving teams. So I think he's gonna just shit house his way to a draw. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, you got to give it to the guy. He's he's got this reputation about of of keeping clubs up. Um, but it's actually it's actually a firing and an appointment I don't understand. Uh, you know, this he, he, the previous manager manager had just gone to City and got a draw. You know, West West Brom was starting to look better and better as a team as the season progressed. It was clear that you know the three teams that had been promoted didn't really have any sort of preseason, and that uh, they were now. I mean, you look at Fulham now, and and I mean, 
you know, uh, West Brom and stuff, they're starting to pick up their players as they're going on in the season. They're starting to look more like the teams you expected to come up rather than the teams over the first 10 games that won a total of probably about five games between them. Um, so it was, it was quite a surprising thing, but obviously West Brom looked at the situation and said, well, it, we're clearly going to struggle to stay up here, so we're going to need a, a guy who's, who's qualified in, uh, in shithousery to, to come in and, <laughs> and save the club from, from going back down. It's apt that the fat yeah. man comes to Christmas, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it would be lovely to put four past them and, and, and be done with that fixture for a while, but you, you never know with, with Sam Allardyce, I'm afraid. Well, we've just we've just both called Sam Allardyce the fat man, so I'll, I think we'll leave it there before we start getting anywhere from that. Uh, nice one for, um, for for Matt to come on. Nice one for Tim for coming on again. And also thanks for Luke. Where can we find all your stuff, Luke? Obviously, Rivalry Aside TV. Yeah, so Rivalry Aside TV on Twitter, YouTube, obviously podcasts at the wherever you get your podcasts from. So yeah, just thanks for having me on. I did watch your show actually um, from the other day with the Gerard Houllier stuff. And, uh, you know, the kind of tribute you gave to him was really good. So, um, it was a good episode, so cheers for that. No worries, and, that, and, and, and that's probably a fitting way to end. Obviously, you mentioned it before we on the uh, previous pod, Tim, like that the, the way we could go and tr- pay honor to it to his memory is to go and win tonight. And that Bobby Firmino has done that for us, so what a way to cap that off, and what a way to to, um, to, to pay tribute to the big man, Gerard Hulier. So, uh, thanks again to Matt, thanks again to Tim, and thanks again for Luke for jumping on. And we'll uh, see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.